Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we will be recapping Season 5, Episode 9 of The Sopranos titled Unidentified Black Males. This episode aired May 2nd, 2004. It was written by Matthew Weiner and Terrence Winter and it was directed by Tim Van Patten. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. A rumor involving his cousin puts Tony's relationship with Johnny Sack back on thin ice. Meanwhile, Meadow helps her boyfriend find a job. AJ ponders a maximum security summer at Casa Carmela. Melfi links Tony's current guilt to a past job, and Carmela learns that good legal help is hard to find. Kind of read that a little wrong. So Meadow helps her boyfriend Finn find yeah, a job. Right. Finn. Yes. That's Finn. where we're at now. Finn. Good old Finn. Good yeah. old Finn, who has a wingspan of like, I don't know, 50 feet. This yeah. guy has long arms. Yeah, yeah. He is a uh, lean, <laughs> lanky man. Yeah. And he's featured prominently in this episode, is as Meadow. Yeah, it is Meadow heavy. Yeah, this whole episode, I have to say, is one of my all-time favorites. I really, really like this episode. I mean, yeah. we got great writing from a good group of writers. Tim Van Patten knows his stuff. So, yeah, for sure it's good. And uh, actually, at the beginning of this episode, I'll just, I just want to say right now, take a moment, if you can, go ahead and rate five stars on whatever podcast player you're listening to this episode right now. Just go ahead and hit the five-star button. It's really helpful for the podcast because um, we really, really love the support. Yeah, throwing that in at the top. Throwing it in at the I top. I like it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But let's jump into the episode. Let's do it. That's what we do. So we open the scene with uh, Tony hanging out in his backyard, his mother's backyard with Tony B. Yeah. Hot summer day. That's right. Watching a little baseball. Yeah. And of course, what does Tony notice right away? The limp. The limp. The limp he got from... Getting his foot run over after yeah. murdering Joey and the whore. Right, exactly. Yeah. And this is really starting a bit of a thread. I mean, this episode is titled Unidentified Black Males. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny right away just how racist these guys are. Yeah. And we see that there's layers to it and there's levels. And the writers clearly of this show are kind of critiquing this aspect of the characters as they should. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's so funny how Tony B's like, yeah, some black guys jumped me outside of a bar. That's why I'm limping. And Tony accepts that immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just he... no question. Yeah, he says, don't, doesn't he say specifically they tried to take his shoes? Oh, did they? I think D so. Does he say that? There's something, oh, okay. something about specifically. Yeah. Because this comes up several times. Mm -hmm. Black guys are used as scapegoats. Right, yes. For the weaknesses of all these men. Yeah. It comes up multiple times from yeah. multiple characters. And it's, yeah, it just, it does point to a glaring hypocrisy in their own actions mm -hmm. and crimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, just as you said, scapegoats. All-purpose scapegoats. Just sort of anonymous. Right, right. Just, quote, Black guys. Black guys. Yeah. There they go. <laughs> the black guys got me again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is hit again and again and again and again through the episode. So we'll try and, you know, from different characters yep. in different aspects of this world. So we'll try and pinpoint it every time. It's really interesting. Yeah. I love this episode so much. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And 
I feel like the specifics of having it be a hot summer's day or mm -hmm. week that we're dealing with this episode plays an important factor. It's almost like it's its own character, the way the heat impacts the characters. Yeah, and it's very much maintained, yeah, throughout the entire episode. You're totally right. So we pick up with a dinner that Tony had mentioned he was going into the city for, and it's a dinner with Finn, Meadow, and AJ. Yeah. The kids. Right, and this is a nice little moment because we're seeing Tony. Uh, unfortunately for Finn, Tony loses his temper a bit. A right? little bit. I mean, I think that he's first kind of prompted to lose his temper by this uh, snarky, typically meadow comment. Mm -hmm. But we know, and the comment is about Carmella, but we know, of course, that Tony just slept with Carmella. And so maybe he's feeling a little bit softer on her. Right. I mean, I think either way, he doesn't like to hear the kids trash her. Yeah. I think that's like fairly consistent, you yeah. know, throughout the whole show anyway. Uh, but that sort of gets him going. And then Finn makes a pretty big mistake. Right. Because he... he just doesn't understand how old school Tony really is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've all been in this situation. I'm sure you don't. You just don't pay for the check. Yeah. At all. And I love that AJ really is just sitting there this whole time. And once Tony's like, we're going, like, get up and let's go. AJ's like, well, I ate. Yeah. Um, I'm content. Yeah, he's totally content. <laughs> kind of that sort of shrug, sort of smirk on his face, like, yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. And it's just so funny, too, when Meadow realizes what has just happened. Right. And sees Tony's face, and she's just like, fuck. Yeah, she knows the mistake that was made. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, come on, Finn, if you really wanted to make a gesture, offer to pay at the table, then Tony will say no move on but sneaking off to do it yeah just not good tony does quickly apologize outside the restaurant he sees that finn is trying and it kind of just ends there they don't right. really have more to discuss yeah yeah i guess it just sort of hints that finn is going to play a role in this um episode to a degree that he hasn't really played before in the show that's true then we pick up with carmela and gabby Right. Yeah. And uh, Gab is getting filled in on the recent fireworks between Tony and Carmella, hooking up and everything. And Carmella is quite happy about what has transpired. Mm -hmm. And she sort of has this, uh, this giddiness about seeing Tony again. She's anticipating it. Yeah. And this is a really remarkable shift for her. Well, I think it's, it's pretty interesting, too, because Gabby brings up, you know, Tony maybe wanting to get back together because of this recent event. And Carmilla kind of acts like uh, she's been waiting for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope, I hope he is right. You know, maybe he is showing signs and that's just interesting because this whole time Carmela has been nothing but a force mm -hmm. in the way of reconciliation. Yeah. So the idea that Gabby's bringing up that Tony might actually be interested in rekindling things She's now kind of excited about that, hopeful of yeah. it. Yeah. And also, too, it's important that she had her experience with Wegler. She has been out there, technically. She has slept with someone else. Sure. That ended really badly. This was a guy that she thought was great and kind of a perfect guy in a lot of ways for her. And then he turned out to be not that at all. Mm -hmm. So I think that she's maybe looking at Tony through different eyes. Mm, for sure. Well, AJ is dropped off and Tony just pulls out of the driveway and right. leaves with a nice little gesture towards Carmella, but nothing more. 
Yeah. And clearly Carmela is a little disappointed. It really plays on her face, that yeah. kind of heartbreak in the moment and sort of uh, a shame it's almost. A, yeah, but it's a bit, I feel like yeah. the, the next steps she takes are fairly extreme from this one incident. I would agree. Right. I would absolutely agree. Considering what they've gone through. Yeah. And then they slept together. It's a confusing time. Mm-hmm. Don't just blame him. Yeah. But she kind of does. Well, I think that she's, it's uh, embarrassment more than yeah. shame. Sure. Which, I mean, I guess it's a fine line between those two words. But she's more embarrassed that she was more excited about seeing Tony than Tony's excited about seeing her right you know like and she's like whoa you know her pride is very wounded by that mm-hmm. uh did you want to also i think you wanted to mention aj's herpes in this scene. <laughs> i'm sure it's just like a pimple or something right. like that they couldn't cover up very well but yeah you, you said herpes well uh yeah i did notice that you were watching the show yeah. and i was like oh did you see this thing on aj's lip that appears in this scene uh yeah so just wanted to throw that out there yep the herps yeah Devin, way to go <laughs> right we're on the golf course in the next scene mm-hmm. with tony and johnny sack and johnny really vents his anger about joe peeps murder which is interesting i had no idea that johnny sack cared about joey peeps this much yeah and i feel like the other characters in this show didn't realize that either (laughs) yeah (laughs) that like you know because joey peeps i mean he didn't really stand out in a big way one way or another no but uh you know the way that johnny sack talks about it joey peeps was like his christopher moltisanti yeah he was really grooming him to take over maybe one day right and you hear it in the comment when Tony says, Yeah, it's sad when they go young like that. When they go? When they go? (laughs) Such a great line reading. Oh, my God. Curatola is really good in this episode. Oh, yeah. He is very good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and it's just this weird sort of like, okay, this is a lot more serious. Like, Lorraine Caluso is one, but Mm then Joey Peeps apparently is... A gr- like just the next step of viciousness from yeah. Lou Carmine. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, well, the question naturally is, who did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the only thing that we know is that there was a guy limping away, according to an eyewitness. And what does that cause Tony to do? Almost have a full-blown panic attack. Yeah, he quickly puts it together. Yeah. Because he recently just discovered that his cousin has a limp. Right. Now, this guy who is supposedly seen at the crime has a limp. Yeah. And I just love, I mean, we've seen it before, but the way Gandolfini brilliantly builds up to a panic attack, it's not sudden, it's gradual, feels real. It's just very, and he, you know, it happens later in the episode as well, but just, it, it's just very good yeah you know it really does feel like it comes out of nowhere for him and i enjoy too that johnny kind of defends this obvious panic attack to just the weather right you know the guys who are waiting behind them on the tee or who are golfing with them i don't know yeah obviously not right golfing they wouldn't because they're talking about murder yeah (laughs) (laughs) but those guys rush over to help tony off as well and you know he's johnny's just like you know it's the weather yeah when it changes fucks up your respiratory system yeah exactly so yeah i I just yeah 
a really good start. It's like a good catalyst, a good um, boom for uh, Tony. Absolutely. And the stakes are very high now, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing that Tony knows. And also for reasons that we'll get into later, I think that part of the reason why he's able to put it together so quickly, I mean, obviously the limp thing. Yeah. I mean, that would be enough. But then also <laughs> I think it's funny that he's maybe thinking about Tony B's excuse about black guys, which I think deep down Tony knows is the all purpose bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's true. That all kind of goes together. Right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Well, speaking of the other faction of the New York mob, Little Carmine has a meeting yeah, with Rusty and Angelo. And, uh, you know, last week you kind of commented on, you know, Little Carmine doesn't sound like an idiot mm-hmm. in this uh, opening scene of last week's episode. And, you know, didn't really use any malprop. Right. Didn't use the, you know, poor use of the English language. Uh, however, I think Matthew Weiner and Terrence Winter realized we're missing out. Yeah. If we don't add something and you get that they just go all in with this line. Historically, historical changes have come out of war and there's more to come. Like there's more quotes like that that will highlight little Carmine is just impressively stupid. <laughs> so much so. Yeah. But what I found really interesting is that all of a sudden I'm like, I'm sorry, Angelo. Were you not part of the meeting with Rusty to hire Tony B to yeah. kill Joey Peeps? And now all of a sudden you wanted to have a sit down? Right. Where was this last time? Yeah, it's a little confusing to me too. I don't know if we missed a beat or if the idea is just that, you know, it's one thing to plan it and it's another thing to literally execute it. Right. Where's your balls? Yeah. Bro? I mean, I... <laughs> And he's pretty experienced, yeah. right? He's an old consigliere. Like, That's he kind of right. knows how this goes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what I like about this scene is that we just get the sense that, you know, things are getting much more serious. Sure. Of course, it's undercut a bit by Little Carmine, that line that you just said. He uses, like, 17 <laughs> too many words, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is what makes him sound so dumb. It's great. Well, like, and I also feel that Rusty, I just made this comparison but he's like his iago in a way from othello he's just planting like a bad setup here because he seems rusty seems like a a true psychopath Mm -hmm. like vicious and it's very funny to make frankie valley that kind of character first of all yeah but he's the one who's pushing it who's planting this idea in carmine's head that he's almost stronger than his father which we've seen you know carmine senior mm-hmm We've seen little Carmine. We know who was stronger. Yeah. Carmine might have been old. Right. But he was definitely stronger than little Carmine. Yeah. Because then he follows up. This is it right here. This is the line that little Carmine follows that up with. The fundamental question is, will I be as effective as a boss like my dad was? And I will be. Even more so. But until I am, it's going to be hard to verify that I think I'll be more effective. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) What? <laughs> yeah. It's it's too good. It's too good to follow up what Rusty said mm-hmm. with that. You can't make it any better. Yeah, you really can't. And <laughs> plot-wise, things are just getting worse, right? Yeah. Because it seems like these guys are really going to dig in, double down, and the war is becoming more serious. Yeah. Oh, but we uh, pick up now with another scene of Finn and Meadow. Finn's parents are making it hard on him. 
with uh, economically. There's like they're like, hey, you graduated, get a job, pal. Can't just come home and freeload. Not that he wants to, but yeah, this this scene just I was just like, oh boy, we're gonna get a really heavy meadow episode here, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, we're going all in here. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> we always have this conversation about Meadow because yeah. she's not one of your favorite characters. And no. I'm always like, oh, you know, I understand, Meadow. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, she is a little bit annoying. I, I can't deny that at all. Well, what I love is this scene is not unrealistic. Like this oh, kind yeah. of fight is uber realistic, mm-hmm. you know, between two people in a relationship who can't decide on anything yeah and ending it with they can't even decide on what movie they want to see right yeah and especially at that age right the stakes are always so high and there's this gigantic question of of moving i mean it's a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. and yeah you know finn is thinking about being a photographer, right? Which worries Meadow a bit because that's obviously a lot less secure and a lot less obviously lucrative than something like becoming a dentist. Right. Yep, obviously. Right. (laughs) So there's a lot of questions about the future here and um, a lot of insecurity from Meadow about is this guy ready to commit or what? Well, we know who is ready to commit. And that would be Carmela moving forward with divorce. And I didn't think that it was really the best uh, strategy. But now we see, like, I didn't think it was the best strategy for Carmela really to try to move forward with a divorce. Because now we see that Tony's strategy of tapping all the lawyers worked. Which he, of course, got from Alan, who told him to do that in white caps if right. the shit hit the fan. So I like that callback there. Tony actually did follow Alan's advice, mm-hmm. and now Carmela's screwed. Mm-hmm. And what else do we get but that uh, use of the black bear right in the backyard in the backyard yeah in case you didn't get the symbolism in that first episode of this season two tonys well mm-hmm. then it really hits you hard here right. <laughs> yes she's talking about Tony and how he's making her life difficult right and there's the bear looming. just you know looming yeah pawing in the backyard and it's just like yeah that's tony yeah i didn't remember that we used the bear again but right. i like the use of the bear so do i yeah Okay, so now we're back. We're at the Bing, and we're with all the guys. We haven't had everyone in an episode. I feel like in a while, especially Syl. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. Glad to see we got a lot of the characters in this episode. Everybody gets a nice little piece Mm -hmm. of the pie. Uh, But they're bringing up uh, Joey Peeps. Yeah, Joey Peeps. Right, and what's going on, and what the implications are for that. And then you get this bit from Silvio, which seems to be just sort of a throwaway line, but it actually isn't mm-hmm. <laughs> used to great effect later, right? Mm-hmm. That the Soprano crew will pick up the headstone. Yeah. Yeah. For the Joey Peeps funeral. Right. Uh, Polly has that semi off color joke that there's not much brains that could have been splattered everywhere yeah. out of Joey Peeps. Uh, and then we obviously get a nice dovetail of little Polly's joke 
which deflates Polly's joke. <laughs> just very funny. Like, yeah. Very, very. It's just, again, like I enjoyed it so much because we hadn't had Polly in a while. Yeah. We hadn't had this good like humor. Uh, and it's just really good to hear their voices again. I hate when people do that, you know, Ugh. when you make a joke and then someone times to, tries to top your joke right yeah. after your joke. Right. So I, I loved how Polly threw his little <laughs> temper tantrum about that. <laughs> I'm going to use that next time. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they'll take care of the headstone. Tony comes in immediately needs to talk to Tony B. Yeah. Got some things to uh, straighten out here. Yeah. Yeah. And basically just calls him out straight. Right. To, to the point. You murder Joey Peeps. Don't fucking ra- lie to me. Tell me the truth. I got to say, it was hard to pick a favorite line for this episode. Oh, tell Because me I it. feel like when you got Terrence Winter and Matthew Weiner mm-hmm. teaming up, mm-hmm. I mean, these are two like super heavy hitters. Yeah. So, and I don't know that there's many episodes. This may, in fact, even be the only one in which it's the script is attributed to just the two of them. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously these guys are masters. And I felt like every scene had favorite lines, had yeah. dialogue that I just repeat in my head just all the time for fun. <laughs> yeah. And so I just love when uh, Tony confronts Tony B. Oh, the only thing that they know about this guy is that he has a bad limp. <laughs> and then, of course, to that, uh, Tony B says, I don't know. Long John Silver, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. So sarcastic. Right. Such a kind of like fuck you response. It is. And uh, Tony really loses it. Yeah. Did you notice? Uh, I mean, I you definitely noticed AJ's herpes. Did you notice Gandolfini has like a cut on his lower lip? I did. In this scene? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think they kind of like covered it up halfway through because it kind of goes away. Yeah. Just but, one of those continuity things. Maybe they spread the shooting of this across different days. So then the scar so, was yeah. gone. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah we see Tony uh, reference here the hijack years ago. Right. That put Tony B away. Right. So, and Tony B rightly says, you're the one who keeps bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, this underlying theme of guilt that Tony has. And that will run through this whole episode for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and where you're going to get in this episode, the climax and a big reveal that has literally been building from the very first episode of this season. So it's great to see that here. Now we get a phrase that we uh, know now because of our good friend Frank Renzulli. When somebody says you're a capable guy, uh, to which Tony does say to Tony B, he's referencing the fact that he has killed. Yeah. So that's the key reference here because the next thing that Tony does is say, all right, fine. I'm going to promote you to this casino. Right. Long overdue. Even though last week you asked me about getting more work. And it's so funny. I mean, it just kind of adds to sort of the tragic nature of this Tony B character. Mm-hmm. If Tony had simply made this gesture a week ago. Right. A lot of things would be different. Right. Tony B would not have been motivated to take out Joe Peeps. That's right. And also he has an IQ of 158. Hmm. Super smart guy. Yeah. At least Tony thinks so. That's the important thing. So we have a lot of important therapy scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. And here's our first one. 
Tony's patting himself on the back for promoting Tony B, feeling great. Mm-hmm. And he's also patting himself on the back for uh, bagging Carmella <laughs> again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring up, I was kind of kicking myself for not talking about this before, and I brought it up to you uh, like a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really talk about the fact that I think we've mentioned before the pool, right? Behind yes. the Soprano house is a huge symbol in the show that's returned to again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the ducks were, you know, I was going to say the ducks were characters. The (laughs) ducks weren't so much characters, but the ducks in themselves were symbols of the family. The pool means family and the ducks first appeared in that pool, right? In the Mm -hmm. pilot. So I think that with this show, the pool kind of is symbolic of the state of the family. Is it going well? Is it not going well? What's happening? It's a very important place, right? Yeah. And so the fact that Tony and Carmela hook up in the pool and kind of rekindle their romance in the swimming pool, Mm -hmm. I think is uh, hugely significant and very intentional. Yeah. I mean, there are other moments we could have referenced too. the fact that the bear looms in the backyard. Right. By the pool. Yeah. The, that last shot of the episode of two Tony's Tony is guarding the pool. Yeah. You know, um, Patsy Parisi pissing in the pool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, little things. And you know, Spoiler alert, but not really. I mean, this isn't the last time that something important is going to happen with this pool. Yeah. It really is this cool family, just dynamic symbol. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they landed on that and that they continue to use it. Very literary. So I thought that was great of the writers to include that. For sure. Back to this scene, uh, it is shot from the opposite side of the room, yeah. which we don't usually get. I think it's a um, huge intention. I feel like shooting from that angle, it is different. We usually get from the other side, from her desk. Now we're not. Now we're on the opposite side. And I think it just mirrors the the idea that the decision that Tony's happy about that he made with Tony B, we kind of can feel and we kind of can know uh, wasn't the it wasn't made out of the best intentions or the best you know strategy for that moment right from him and then it's just juxtaposed later in the later therapy scene yeah and uh, yeah how embarrassing for Tony too that he doesn't know about uh, Wegler yeah and the fact that he's like she was starved for it yeah poor thing it's great he's so smug he really is yeah. But it's funny, too, because this is something that I never really thought about before until this scene. And we've seen it before, and we'll probably see it again in future episodes. But it's always sort of a red flag when Tony is too cheerful in therapy. Mm. When he's like, yeah, things are good. I've got it all figured out. Right. That's usually a sign that he really, really actually does not. Yeah, that's true. Phone call comes in, uh, completely cuts off Melfi. And I love her reaction to yeah. that as well. Just so fucking rude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So Carmela is uh, fully invested into this divorce. The lawyer that she has come up with has an idea about how to get all of Tony's income revealed for her to uh, acquire basically half of it. That's the problem with divorcing Tony is that he's, you know, not that rich on paper, I guess. 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> because the majority of his income comes from his illegal streams. And I love that beat in this scene when Carmela's like, well, it's a problem that a lot of his income isn't reported. Because, of course, there's no point in divorcing Tony if she has to, like, go to, like, you know, if she has to become a pauper. You know, obviously, (laughs) she knows what that looks like. She's seen the way that Angie struggled. Of course. Uh, So she's really, really concerned about losing the lifestyle. Right. Right. And... uh, there's that moment when you think she's going to reveal that the reason why the stuff isn't reported is because it's illegal. Right. And I like how Edie Falco, as Carmela, goes, oh, no, of course not. It's not that. It's just the carding business, dealing with cash, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so I love how she's just so still going to protect Tony. Of you know, course. it's just not even a question, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because we see Meadow do very similar things in this episode as well. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of which, Meadow um, gets Finn a job. He was looking for a job, and now Mm -hmm. he's got a job in construction. That's cool with Finn. And uh, loves... uh, And I love that laborer line. Mm -hmm. He's just going to be a laborer for 20 bucks an hour in 2004. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of money. Hey, it is great to have a mob boss as a potential father-in-law. Yes. I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But the fact that he's just like flabbergasted by it, that's uh, that's really good. I think so too. And then we're on the job site. Vito's crew and uh, Vito's tiny fan. (laughs) (laughs) Big man, little fan. Yeah. It is a great visual uh, the whole crew here with their no work yep. situation. Right. And this is a bit of a culture shock for Finn. Right. Who is brought into conversation. Well, he kind of actually puts himself into the conversation about baseball. And uh, that gets him into the door mm-hmm. of this world. Yeah. He, he could have easily stayed out of it if he kept his fucking baseball mouth shut. But unfortunately... <laughs> He's going to start learning a lot more about what it means to have no work. Yeah. and <laughs> Well, right away, too, uh, he gets thrown, of course, because Polly pulls up. How great is this? It's amazing. What is he wearing to a job site? <laughs> what is this suit? This, yeah. like, nice, these flowy pants. Mm-hmm. It's very Polly. Do you remember what he calls Finn? Oh, hey, Shaggy. Shaggy. I think. Yeah. yeah. Shaggy. So right away, he has no idea who Finn is. He just starts ordering him around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn is like, well, actually, I'm supposed to do this. And Polly's like, you'll be picking up your teeth in a second. Just right to the direct threat. Clean the dog shit off my car. Yes. (laughs) Out of, you know, go before it sets in the treads. And then the guys, like, the guys who are sitting down, they're just kind of soaking it in. Right. They're like... It's like one of those things where you're like you're relishing the moment before you can just drop the bomb yes. on Polly Walnuts, <laughs> you know? And they're like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, that's Meadow's boyfriend." And he's right. like, Meadow who? Meadow Soprano, of course. <laughs> and his reaction, yeah, so good. I mean, it's classic Polly. It's such classic Polly. The full 180. Yeah. He like rushes over to <laughs> yeah. Finn to kiss his ass just straight up kiss his ass and like take a big wad of money out of his pocket shove it in his pocket shove it well i think he literally shoves it in his pants pocket does he He puts it in finn's pants i mean if i'm wrong about this yeah i don't think he puts it in his pants like he's a stripper (laughs) he puts it in his pocket 
I mean, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like he actually like kind of put it in his pants pocket. Well, he lifts his shirt up. He yeah. pushes it. It doesn't matter. The right. point is <laughs> he's forcing he's forcing this complete 180 to take yeah. effect that, so that Finn will just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, you know, just make sure that when you take Meadow out that she knows that it came from Uncle Polly, you right. know, hoping that maybe it'll get back to Tony, you know. Well, I guess this is all really like th- there's there are a lot of moments that we've already commented mm-hmm. on of just foreshadowing. Yeah. Of what's to come cuz right. Finn's going to get the same sort of reaction from another person later on. Mm-hmm. And it's the same 180 to protect themselves. Yeah. Right? Good Here's scene. a good scene. Oof, yeah. Tony and Carmela at Vesuvio. Mm-hmm. is waiting for Tony. He walks in, gives her a peck on the cheek, thinks it's going to be a pleasant evening, That's dinner right. with the wife, even though they're separated. Lunch. Oh, it's lunch? It's lunch. not dinner. Oh, okay. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> so they're sitting down for lunch, uh, Artie there in the background, and then Tony kind of gets kicked in the balls here. Straight away. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> Yes. All he had to do was come in yeah, right? <laughs> instead of pulling out of that driveway and driving down the street yeah. uh, because she's like, hey, sorry, uh, I don't think you're going to be in a good mood for very long. I'm moving forward right. with divorce proceedings. Yeah. So if I could take a moment and speak to Carmelo Soprano right now, if oh, she were listening. Do. Yes, if she were. If she were listening, I would say it's not that Tony didn't care. It, you know what happened in the pool? Mm-hmm. It's just that communication's been bad between the two of you. And there's, there's, you know, no reason to assume that it was just going to be made better by a night's romance. Mm-hmm. So settle down. Right. That's yeah. what I would say. Well, I mean, it's a pretty extreme reaction. I think we can, we can both agree. Sure. Not that she wants to get divorced, but the reason she wants to get divorced is literally because he didn't come in to say hi to her. It is. After they had slept together. It is, yeah. Like the previous week. Right. Tony here, though. I think gets in some great lines again. Yeah. I could easily say that some of my favorite lines are in this scene. I mean, in fact, I might say that they are. So actually now that I think about it and I'm remembering what Tony says, maybe this is my favorite line anyway. All right. So great stuff with Artie too. Oh right? my God. Cause he's jubilant <laughs> yeah. that they're back together. Yeah. As it would appear. Mm-hmm. And uh, the great thing about it is just Tony kind of being like, go over there <laughs> I'll call you when I'm ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony also uses uh, basically Carmela's language mm-hmm. against her about the nuclear family. And we're Italian. We don't yeah. believe in divorce. And her reaction of, do you hear yourself? Right. What are you talking about? It's great. It's so weird too. Tony's whole concept of this and the sanctity of marriage. Yeah. I mean, part of the sanctity of marriage, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to finish that right, sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that he violates it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so then he's, you know, acting like Carmela's the bad guy for right. suggesting uh, Re- that the relationship should end. He references the bird feeder again, right. which is hilarious. Yeah. And then we, I mean, I'm going to just, I'm going to highlight this moment mm-hmm. here. This last uh, moment from Tony mm-hmm. to Carmela when he says... The only reason you have anything is because of my fucking sweat. And you know every step of the way exactly how it works. But you walk around that fucking mansion, your $500 shoes and your diamond rings, and you act like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. And you don't want it to get ugly. Too late. I want what I am entitled to. You're entitled to shit. She's ready to order. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the good line there, too. Yeah. Last, no, I think that whole button. passage there. Yeah, including it, the very last thing. Yeah. Fantastic writing. It really is. I think butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. I don't even know where he got that, but it sounds really good. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a saying. Is that an actual saying? I mean, it's the equivalent of uh, you think your shit doesn't sting. Ah. I would guess. But uh, back to the construction site with Finn yeah. and this new character, Felicia. Felicia. Mm-hmm. Pretty hot. Sure. That's what Finn's thinking. Of and course. that's what I was thinking, too. Okay. Which I think is part of the point. Okay. And I think that this is one of the... Uh, Really good misdirects that this mm-hmm. show has pulled off mm-hmm. because right away, you know, especially if you're a man or if you're a woman, if you're a person, okay. you're like, okay, this is maybe problematic. Uh-huh. He's chatting up this yeah. very attractive woman who is exactly his age, smiling at him. Mm-hmm. They seem to be vibing a bit. He's right. with Meadow. That's right. an issue, right? We know that he and Meadow are having problems. I think that we as the audience would naturally think, oh, is this going to be an issue? Right. Is this going to be a wedge between Finn and Meadow? Of course. This other person. I mean, when you start talking about how you doubt your relationship yeah. to a strange girl. Right. That, yeah. Yeah you're likely to assume as an audience is is not going to go the right way. If she zigs and you zag, Finn, (laughs) maybe you got a zag right in front of you. Right. Yeah. And I like that zig and zag line because that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what's going to happen with this storyline. You think it's going to zig one Mm. way and then it totally zags the other. But uh, also, I mean, doesn't she lean forward and he kind of peeps the thong and tramp stamp? Yep. So, yeah, this is all setting something up. Right. Well, she also sets up some foreshadowing, talking about how, like, marriage is completely different because when you're married, you can't pack up and go. Right. And that sets up something to come later. Vito walks up, very friendly to Finn now, and uh, as as they have bond over baseball. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the scene ends with Finn asking if she's dating anyone. Right. And then that's the end of the scene. Right. So, of course, we're now... The seed has been planted in our minds like, uh-oh, Finn, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? I think it's key that Vito actually does enter that scene. Yes. And so I mentioned before that Carmela does have a conversation with Meadow about proceeding with the divorce. And Meadow asks her whether she's really thought it through, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, when your daughter is telling you, can you really be alone on your own? Yeah. What's your plan? I mean, if your plan is just to live off a massive settlement from Tony, mm-hmm. uh, there's maybe better ways to go about your future. Yeah. Right? And Meadow is a hypocrite, as always. She's a brat, Impressively as always. insulting. Yeah. I mean, especially because she says, hey, even Finn got work. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> right. You're trying to lecture your mom on not waiting around for something to be handed to her. Yeah. You literally just handed a job to your boyfriend. Right. Through your dad. Right. A job he never would have gotten otherwise. He was, you know, walking the streets of New York trying to hand in his application to movie theaters. Yeah. Come on. But again, you know, I I have to say uh, just the lines keep coming. Mm -hmm. You know, this was another almost favorite line when Carmela very succinctly is like, You have options. I have a lawyer. That takes us into 
The next scene back at the job site, Phil shows up. Yeah. Of all people. Phil and a key character, I believe, introduced in this scene, literally introduced, mm-hmm. Billy Leotardo. Yes. You know, he says, this is my brother, Billy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're there to make a collection. I love this scene because of the dialogue. Yeah. I think if you didn't know that these guys were in New Jersey and what these guys sounded like and what this show felt like, this is the scene for you. Mm-hmm. The dialogue is just it's snappy. It's slang. It's like, you yeah. know, it's very just normal Jersey jargon. Yeah. That they're throwing back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And like really good ball breaking Mm -hmm. back and forth, which is key because then the ball breaking goes a little bit too far. Right. Crosses that line that you don't cross, which is insinuating, even jokingly, that a fellow member of the crew is gay. Yeah. And that's Hmm. what little Polly is. And that's what little Polly does to Gene Pontecorvo. Yeah. Who in front of Finn smashes his Snapple bottle, whatever, (laughs) right across his face. And I have to say, I mean, I think it's a little extreme. I mean, the smashing the bottle is one thing. And we see this play out with the guys, too. Like, they're not really that concerned. In fact, like complete psychos, they're laughing their asses off like it's just a harmless prank. Like, yeah. Like uh, like Gene threw a water balloon right. at little Polly. Right. <laughs> but then when he starts kicking him in the face when the guy's down, yeah. that's when they have to call him off and pull him away. And it's just yeah. a whole thing. I just thought like, these guys need to be careful when they go to those extremes, you know, right. because he could have killed him. Right. Who knows? Permanently blinded him. Mm-hmm. His repercussions would have been horrendous. Oh, yeah. Talking about absolutely. little Polly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so Finn witnesses it all. Right. Horrified by it, sickened Mm -hmm. by it, literally in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then we get another reference. Yeah. Well, what if these construction guys call the cops? Mm -hmm. Easy. Right. I saw some black guys just run away. Right. Yeah. Although they use... Yeah, use the N word yeah. to make it like even more vicious, but it right. just kind of goes again to that side, that sort of like, yeah, the all-purpose scapegoats. It's like, yep. it's just a joke to them. Right. You know? And they're like, oh, yeah, those guys. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. They're always around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Finn is uh, appalled, to yeah. say the least. And like the little bitch he is. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. He saw a crime, a horrendous thing happen. Yeah. And he goes, you know, home to Meadow and she doesn't really believe him. He doesn't get the response that he was expecting. And I think that we're expecting because Meadow does this thing that I think you also see with Carmela, just that unconscious kind of circling of the wagons. Mm. Like, even though she has her own personal, strong moral compass, it doesn't extend to criticizing her dad and her dad's way of life and the culture Mm -hmm. of these guys. And so she's like shockingly just you know, unbothered yeah. by this story. I don't think you could say that she outright doesn't believe it. Like, cause that would be ridiculous to be like, Oh Finn, you're just making it up. Right. She believes it, but she just doesn't really see it as a problem. Like right. that's those guys. They play by their own rules. They do their own thing. And besides, I never witnessed violence growing up, which is true. And besides, oh, you bring up my ex-boyfriend who got shot. Well, guess who shot him? That's right. African-Americans, <laughs> if yes. you 
you know, care to know. Right. Uh, so another great reference there to the unidentified black males. Yeah. She gives a very philosophical take on these, on the behavior of these guys. You know, you talk about these guys like it's an anthropology class. But the truth is, they bring certain modes of conflict resolution from all the way back in the old country. From the poverty of the Mezzogiorno, where all higher authority was corrupt. I mean, it's so... <laughs> kind of infuriating too because it's just such a rationalization yeah and it's just ridiculous right yeah the um the heat also really playing an impact on these two characters as yeah well. specifically these two oh that's so funny yeah because for my notes in this scene i was like very hot and the heat maintained throughout the whole episode. I mean, I think that that's important, that when things are hot, especially if you've ever spent a summer in New York when things are just way too out of control temperature-wise. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it affects everything. Yeah. It's brutal. And then it brings us to Joey Peep's funeral. With a nice little crossfade, right? Yep. We get yep. a nice slow kind of dissolve into mm -hmm. this uh, funeral. Well, Joe Peep's death was the result of uh, the poverty of the Mezzo Giorno or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this is conflict resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Very awkward to yeah. have Johnny Sack and Lil Carmine there under this umbrella of mm -hmm. lies and deceit and murder. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, little Carmine there acting like he had absolutely nothing to do with it mm -hmm. when, you know, he ordered the hit and everything, and Johnny Sack is just completely over it. I mean, I think that this is, I think that this is kind of um, a trope of mob life that we've seen mm. many times where like, yeah, you are responsible for the death of the guy whose funeral you're at, and yeah. you like literally kiss his mom, like, you know... Yeah you care about her a lot and all of that. And this is something that Johnny brings up because Johnny finally has just had enough, you know, yeah. as people are sort of milling about after the casket kind of goes into the ground. Well, before we yeah. get to that, before we get to Johnny's mm -hmm. uh, uh, problems with it all, this was a line that again, could have been a favorite line. And it just was so funny that Tony has to ask Syl. Peeps, it's a fucking nickname. Every name is Pepperelli. They're going to redo it. Fucking Jason. He's dyslexic. Which I got to do on it. Yeah, of course. Because that was the thing that I was talking about yeah. earlier where it sets up that the Sopranos are going to get that headstone. And then they fuck it up yeah. dramatically. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, then we do get to Johnny and Tony, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and and after Tony tries to apologize for the headstone, which he thinks is what Johnny is really, truly upset about, um, that's when we get the mm -hmm. reveal that actually Johnny Sack now has it from a source that Tony B was only three blocks away from the murder. Mm -hmm. And now he's accusing Tony B and calling Tony... A two-faced fuck. Yeah. Is very extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny is pissed. He's extremely emotional. You know, we've seen this before. Once Johnny Sack gets emotional, you know, he doesn't back down from it. And he goes into a murderous rage. And he's yeah. willing to take out 
anyone the the and everyone yeah the just like heavy breathing mm-hmm. and intensity that Kuratola is bringing to Johnny Sack yeah. in this scene is very very good like it really is just like he could at any moment if like somebody handed him a gun mm-hmm. he would just unload the clip I mean absolutely and if he knew the whole limp connection right. which very fortunately he doesn't right then yeah he'd probably pull out the biggest gun he could and start spraying you know right there right. at the funeral well he should he should just wait and just watch tony b <laughs> yeah limp away and be like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> but it's great that like you know johnny it's pointed out to johnny that this is how it works because johnny's like how can little carmine be such a hypocrite right and Tony's like, that's just how it goes. You know that. Right. And Johnny's just not having it. And I think that we get in this scene here, right? Just how high the stakes really are. Oh, yeah. You know, that like, this is a problem. This is a big deal that Tony B acted, as Tony says, as a free agent, right? It right. could have enormous consequences, not just for him, but for everyone. Yep. Uh, love the cutaway from the car back to the gathering of the guys up by the graveyard and Phil asks Syl how his daughter is mm-hmm. and Syl is so uncomfortable <laughs> love that moment and then yeah. we go back to the car for a very very crucial moment Tony covers for Tony B and right. says my cousin could not have been in the city that night because he was with me yeah huge implications for that lie and Johnny Sack lets him know too I swear on my mother, if I find out you're lying to me, this is a death threat. It's so serious. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Back at the job site, Finn, exhausted, but scared of Gene Pontecorvo, doesn't know if it's right for him to have a seat as he (laughs) is brought to the table, brought to the group by the men. But Vito gives him the day off. It's really funny, too. Uh, just one of those random things that you notice sometimes when you're watching a show and it's not important, but it just stands out. So when Vito says to Finn, who's really avoiding these guys now, mm-hmm. Vito calls him over and he's like, okay, is it Vito who says the whole, okay, if like Tyson fought Ali, which guy is it that says that? Uh, it's uh, Patsy who asks. Patsy. It. Yeah, that's right. Patsy says if uh, Tyson fought Ali and they were both in their primes, who would win? Mm-hmm. And Finn is afraid to answer, which he says, I'm literally afraid to answer because yeah. I don't want to get beat up if I say the wrong thing or whatever. Yeah. When Patsy's asking the question, look at Eugene Ponacorvo's face. Yeah. He has a look of such intense concentration. He really does. <laughs> Yeah, it, it actually made me laugh out loud. <laughs> like it's really like this is actually an important co- like question for right. him, which maybe I guess feeds directly into Finn's fear because he's like, oh, I just saw this psycho beat the <laughs> shit out of a guy, right? Uh, like yesterday, for ball breaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, is he gonna beat the shit out of me if, <laughs> if I, I say Tyson and right. he thinks it's Ali? Yeah, it's great. It is really good. Then we get uh, interesting uh, scene here. Of Christopher. Right. This is very, this, it didn't necessarily feel out of place, but it definitely felt like this is the only moment we really get with Christopher. I completely agree. I actually, yeah, you know, I actually sort of felt that it was a bit jarring, not in a bad way, but it was just like, 
oh right christopher yeah <laughs> oh right yeah yeah because yeah, he yeah. hasn't figured in this episode at all i mean we saw him at the funeral right? yeah yeah but yeah he just pops up and he's raging he's losing his mind uh over, i mean jealousy is taking over because mm -hmm. tony b got the casino and christopher feels like you know he hasn't put in his work yet he's done his time but once you're out you got to really like show that you can you know, live up to that reputation you had. Mm -hmm. I love that he tells Adriana that he can multitask. Yeah. He can do more than one thing yeah. at once. Um, but of course this is key because we need to keep it fresh in our minds that Adriana is actually talking to the FBI. Yeah. So when Christopher says something like Tony B now controls a casino, mm -hmm. well, Adriana could just phone up San Severino who is going about her normal life with her kid Right. And which we do learn she has a kid. Yeah. She avoided that when Adriana asked her. Right? Yeah. So well, she lied. Right. Yeah. So she does have a kid. Yeah. She does have a normal life. And Adriana obviously delivers that news, that specific news mm -hmm. to her. So that's what was really key from that. Indeed. Okay. So we get a little uh, beach scene here. Finn meadow out with her friends hanging by a bonfire chilling apparently though finn has to be to work in three hours yeah which seems ridiculous that he's out at all and meadow's like you don't need to go you don't need to leave now mm -hmm. like, i need to get some rest before i have to go in in fact i won't even have time to get rest i'll just go in now and sleep in the car mm -hmm. or just at the site that way i'll be there <laughs> So that's what he does. Right. Heads to the job site. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we're following Finn to the job site. What could be the big deal out of this? And pulls up into the driveway and he looks and he sees security guard just kind of like enjoying his rest in his security car. Uh, he sees Finn. And then all of a sudden, Vito, we see Vito was just gobbling up the security guard he was enjoying a nice early breakfast oh god Vito. oh my god yeah uh yeah and this fucking moment here is crazy well do you remember obviously you knew this was coming as yes. as did i but do you remember seeing this scene for the very first time? Yes. I remember it like blew my head off. I did not <laughs> see it. Oh, it blew your head off? <laughs> really? Uh, interesting. Interesting, interesting choice, choice of words. Of words. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I'll own that. <laughs> Perhaps I'll say it blew my mind. Yeah. Blue <laughs> is the key word, I think. <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, it was incredibly shocking. There, there was no way to see this coming. Unless uh, you think back to a few episodes back yeah. when Vito says that the anus is a source of pleasure. True. Yes, but it is a source of pleasure. Oh. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, if you look at it, you know, physiologically. Right. Sure. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. How terrifying is this for Finn, though? It's horrible. I right? mean, even if it wasn't Vito, that's an awkward thing to sure. walk in on. I mean, Finn doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, even if you it know? was a woman, Finn would yeah. be like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, exactly. Gotta yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. It would be awkward. Um, it's not that Finn gives a shit, but he knows 
right. that Vito's going to give a shit. And also, I really liked how, you know, when we go back to Gene kicking little Polly's ass, right. you know, that wasn't just throwaway sort of like, oh, uh, little Polly made a homophobic joke and Gene was offended. Mm-hmm. No, what that actually does is show you the stakes of mm-hmm. what gayness means to these guys. Great point. Yeah. Next, uh, next moment at the job site. This would be so scary to be in a porta potty, and you open the door and Vito's standing right there. <laughs> There's Vito. Holy shit. Yeah. But as uh, Vito points out, now they're not friends anymore. Finn Detrolio, my arch nemesis. That was so great. It's too. so good. Yeah, just the whole timing of that. Because it's scary. Yeah. It is scary. But then he pops out baseball tickets. Right. Right? <laughs> and he's doing exactly what Paulie did right. before. Except we know the stakes are huge here mm-hmm. for Vito. Because this can't get out. This is one of those interesting things where it's kind of like, what is part of it? Part of what makes it so terrifying is that you really don't know where Vito's going with this. Where it's like, okay, so he wants Finn to go right. to this baseball game. It's a mandatory baseball game. Vito yeah. makes that very clear. Yeah. Well, what's what's going to what's that going to lead to? Right. Like, what's the plan? Yeah. You know, if Finn shows up at Yankee Stadium, what's going to happen next? Except maybe the most awkward <laughs> three hours of his entire life. <laughs> well, I mean, if this game happened to go into extra innings, yeah. Oh, jeez. Right. About s- super awkward. What's up, Vito? Not much, Finn. Except I got a little surprise for you. Two tickets to see your Padres take a beating from the Yanks tonight. Oh, shit. Third baseline. Plus, it's bat night. Yeah, just the way he delivers it. It's just sort of like so scary. It really is. Yeah. He doesn't blink. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. He also yeah. tells him, I don't like missing the national anthem. Right, yeah. Like that Great detail. detail. And I don't know about you, but I think my reaction would be similar to Finn's. Now that I know what I know. <laughs> Yeah. I cannot stay in New Jersey or New York any longer. Right. Yeah. I have to get out. Yeah. Uh, And I have to say, if I was Finn, I would be pretty irritated by my girlfriend's response here. Yeah. Um, I'd have my bag ready. Yeah. If one, Vito caught me catching him giving a blowjob to a security guard. (laughs) And two... If I were with Meadow, my <laughs> right. pa- my bag would be packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would be out that door right away. But this is harkens back to what, his conversation with Felicia. You know, you can't just have your bag packed up mm-hmm. if you're married. But mm-hmm. if you're not married, he's got his bag ready to go. Right. And uh, yeah, Meadow just goes to ten real quick mm-hmm. in this scene, just accusing him of like not caring for her not being mm-hmm. there for her the you know what she the hoop she had to go through with her dad to get this job or what his dad had to go dad didn't have to do sh- her dad didn't have to do shit right. really let's be honest tony right. just had to say yeah finn can work in the construction Fine. yeah easy i totally agree uh and it's just funny how first of all she doubts him Right. Second of all, she doesn't really care. Even if it did happen, right, doesn't really matter to her. He's happily married. 
There's yeah. no way Vito could be doing it. <laughs> right, exactly. She's she's just sort of, you know, she's sophisticated in many ways, but she just has this, you know, self-imposed naivete, this yeah. blind spot when it comes to these guys right. associated with her dad. And it's all just very kind of, um, you know, um, claustrophobic for Finn. Hmm. He, he does feel trapped. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to point out too that I just like how his whole storyline has taken this dramatic left field turn right? right because before we were thinking oh he's gonna flirt with the cute girl at the site and right. cheat on meadow and mm-hmm. that's gonna be the problem mm-hmm. but no <laughs> felicia's forgotten she's yeah. history yeah. it's uh the big man yeah who is making finn's life problematic yeah and now we're at 4 22 a.m i think we've all had a 4 22 a.m fight yeah uh i don't think i've ever fallen asleep during a fight though Mm -hmm. which i think is hilarious that meadow catches him nodding out yeah but then let's get married the only thing i can think of is this is actually a wise move from finn (laughs) because once he is engaged Vito can't really touch him he must be able to put that together right actually i don't think he is (laughs) i think he's just it makes sense to me yeah that then he can't be touched uh, I mean, I think that's actually putting a lot of thought into it that is uh, wise, <laughs> but I think it's a step past where Finn was going. <laughs> okay. I think Finn... Just wants to shut her the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> it's 85 degrees at four in the morning. Right. Their AC window unit is faulty. Right. Meadow's crying nonstop. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this has got to be one of the best marriage proposals ever. Really Simply proposing to shut the girl <laughs> up. <laughs> Which, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think has happened many times throughout probably. human history. Yeah, probably. Probably. But who knew or who knows at this point, will it work on Meadow? Right. Will she shut the fuck up? Yeah. We will see. <laughs> well, now we come to just a string of bad luck that Carmela has been having with these lawyers and with the divorce with Tony mm-hmm. or a lawyer who is going to help her crack down on Tony's income, get her the money. She is owed realizes no one is going to help her against Tony. There's no one left in New Jersey who can possibly help her at this point. That's what she concludes. This is sad. Yeah. You know, it's very sad. She truly, is trapped you know she's mm-hmm. blocked but here's the thing that's also kind of funny about it is that she could still divorce tony hmm. easily sure the problem is she can't divorce him the way she wants to divorce him right which is to take half of his you know money yeah uh she's not going to get that so it's that funny thing about Carmela where we obviously have a lot of sympathy for her and empathy mm-hmm. for her as as a woman right where you know she is unable to escape this very domineering man right uh at the same time though she brings a little bit of it on herself right because hey she could divorce him she just doesn't want to divorce him and have to possibly work in the supermarket. If she really, if her intentions really were pure with this, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. But she wants to maintain a lifestyle, literally at all costs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we also, I think we missed one little beat 
not important. Vito standing outside Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, we didn't miss that, did we? Yeah. It's not important, but he's standing outside Yankee Stadium, right? I like his costume here. He's like fully like decked out. Yeah. Head to toe. Sure. In his gear. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a real fan. He's serious. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, he sees that Finn's not going to show up. He gets frustrated and he goes into the building. Yeah. Well, now we come to, I, I think, arguably is one of the best therapy scenes. I was going to ask you, would you say that this is kind of the ultimate therapy this, scene up until this point? This really is. Yeah. This this is just, I'm so glad it's in the episode mm-hmm. and, and the series, really. But just to have this is just, I, I really like it. I, I, I think it's important and it's an evolution that we haven't seen and it gives Melfi so much mm-hmm. um, here. Um, for her character and, and then also for Tony, obviously. Yeah. It's big. I mean, we could spend so much time talking about this scene alone. Uh, so, I mean, let's try and move through it as quick as we can, I guess. But sure. basically, this is a very climactic moment, not just in the episode, but really like in the character of Tony Soprano's life. Yeah. Right? He's revealing something here that he's never revealed. We've been building to it the whole season, mm-hmm. but basically... The important thing is the reason why he wasn't there at the job that Tony B got arrested at and sent away for 17 years was not because of the unidentified black males. Right. This is something that Tony has always said, right? Right. He got jumped by black guys. That's why he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that it was because when Meadow was three months old, he got in an argument with Livia and the argument caused him to have a panic attack and he passed out. Right. And he didn't know what it was at the time. And now he's had a series of panic attacks that he admits to Melfi about Mm -hmm. all involving cousins in one way or another. Yeah. The last one being specifically about Tony B and his tie to the Joey Peeps murder, which can't fully, you know, tell Mm -hmm. Melfi about and be transparent about but he can be transparent to the fact that he was going to be part of a hijacking and wasn't because of blacking out yeah Uh, and this is beautiful work from gandolfini as always i mean at this point why even bring it up when gandolfini's beautiful in a scene but i mean i think that he just hits so many levels so many peaks and valleys Jeez, does it, yeah. uh you have to imagine that this took like a lot out of him to you know do this scene i mean it just seems like a tough scene and you see that he's going there all the way oh, and yeah. really selling the fact that of course one thing that we haven't quite mentioned is that he's like having sort of a panic attack he's fending he's, a he, panic attack off yeah he's throughout the scene yeah right and you really get the sense that this is n- the number one greatest source of shame for Tony, mm-hmm. period. And this is maybe his deepest, darkest secret. Right, right, which Melfi points out that that was a lot to share. Yeah. And even when she's trying to work him through it um, or even calm down, settle down to abate the panic attack, he wants to keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. He keeps wanting to share what actually happened that night. Yeah. And, and get it out there. And you can see, like you said, like it's exhausting for Gandolfini to have gone through that. Mm-hmm. And it shows in the character of Tony. He's ex- exhausted yeah. from it was like he just went on a roller coaster and got sick. Right. And like he's coming off of the ride and he's just like, Jesus, like how, how, like 
how could I have like that has just been something that's like eating away at him mm -hmm. and it just came to the surface yeah out loud for the first time yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's amazing you know it's guilt mm. on a really profound level because guilt is not really an emotion that Tony's super familiar with, yeah. obviously. Otherwise he wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning yeah, right. <laughs> if he was guilty about the things that he should be guilty about. Right. But he's very, very guilty about this. Yeah. And I like also kind of the parallels with soldiers and war. I mean, it's very similar shame. You know, if you and your band of brothers yeah. were about to storm the hill and then like, Everyone stormed it, and you ran in the opposite direction to save your own ass, right. and everyone else died. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of similar to that. And Tony literally says, hey, he, Tony B went to Nam. I was 4F. That's how everyone sees it. Well, who knows if that's how everyone sees it, but that's how Tony feels about it. Yeah. And then we get to our final scene of the episode, Carmela comes home, Tony's car is in the driveway, the bear is back. He's in the pool instead of getting super annoyed and going out there and prodding the bear as she normally would. She just walks away. I like also her walk up the stairs. I don't think we've ever seen Carmela be so... Sulky? Like yeah. Charlie Brownie? And weary. Yeah. Yeah. You just really feel like she's been beaten down. Yeah. Yeah. But then she gets a call and it looks like uh, Finn was successful yeah. in shutting her up. Because uh, Meadow has accepted the engagement proposal. Mm -hmm. So they're doing it smartly. You know, we'll be engaged, but we'll finish school. Mm -hmm. And Carmela is overwhelmed with joy and sadness all mixed into one at this moment. Well, it's so much, right? There's so many conflicting things happening with Carmela. Mm -hmm. Her daughter is about to embark on this, you know, very significant chapter of her mm -hmm. life. Mm hmm and she's very in love and she's very optimistic. And then you have Carmela at this other end of the spectrum where it's like, clearly she has love for Tony, but their relationship is in shambles. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't have a lot of shit to look forward to, really. And she is sad, yet happy for her daughter at the same time. It's just a lot for her to process. And I think yeah. as always, Edie Falco processes all of the emotions very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really great episode. Loved it. But that ends the episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. But until then, if you're liking the podcast and want to support it, like I mentioned at the top of the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode and show. And like us on Twitter and Facebook at The Soprano Show. Leave comments and reviews and we'll get back to you. But like we do with every episode, we end with our favorite line. And I think for the first time, we have sort of a favorite line that uh, is one right after the other. Yeah. And we'll just go in order, I guess. Yeah, I think my favorite lines come directly before your favorite line. And, of course, it's from that climactic Tony Melfi therapy session. Right. And Tony has just unburdened himself. He's yeah. gotten it all off his chest. And he says, He says, Fucking Christ! That's a lot to get off your chest. <laughs> I thought I was smart, and that's why I bumped him up and protect him. Turns out I'm just a fucking robot to my own pussy-ass weakness. His, his guilt, 
Yeah. Yeah. Specifically for Tony B. Yeah. Well, mine came right after that, after that uh, catharsis and just energy expended. Tony says, now Sometimes what happens in here is like taking a shit. Yes, okay. Although I preferred to think of it more like childbirth. Trust me. It's like taking a shit. This just, yeah. Put a pause on that right there. 